This is Amy Poehler. My new movie, Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2, is coming to theaters June 14th, and it's making me feel joy Woo! and sadness oh. and anger. Ah! Definitely some disgust. Rose! And I think a little fear. Ah! But I'm also feeling these new emotions like anxiety, embarrassment, envy, and ennui. Ah. It's what you call the boredom. Okay, that one was weird. It's going to be the feel-everything movie of the summer. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters June 14. Get tickets now. Welcome to Dungeons & Demogorgons, the officially unofficial podcast for Stranger Things on Netflix. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're here to talk about Season 4, Episode 8, titled Papa. Uh, Aaron, what'd you think of this episode? I liked it a lot, but I'm surprised at how much unfinished business it left for the finale. Like, <laughs> right? if you had put a gun to my head, I would have been like, for sure, at the end of this episode, Hopper is going to be on U.S. soil. I, they they do have Mike and that that band of Merry Misfits in the general vicinity, you know, like they 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 they've got that part of the band back together. But I'm again, and and there's definitely connecting tissue, like you know Nancy and and Steve have figured out, uh, you know what's going on in Fresno or whatever California. Um, but they're not going to get together before the finale. I thought that was kind of shocking. Um, and, and they're still and like, so far away. It's it's two thousand miles. Yeah, it's like. They talk I about like don't know how you move Elle and Mike and everybody from the desert to Indiana in an evening. No, I mean, they talk about like what kind of crazy ass government special project strings you'd have to pull to even come close. Right. And my guess is they're going to go through the upside down. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's going to. But but like the upside down is still real geography. Like it seems if like I. It. I Maybe there's um, timey wimey portal shit that you can do to cut to cut the a shortcut through it, but and the thing is, it's like it's not like nothing happened this episode. There was a lot of right. shit to happen this episode. It's just, uh, of course, I guess that's why you have a two and a half hour finale. Just yes, I was gonna takes say, time to clean your plate. You might be able to get them across the country in two hours and nineteen minutes. I think it is for the finale. It's a long one. Jack Bauer's driving for sure. <laughs> yeah, and there's no traffic, baby. Uh, uh, it, yeah, and th- the other thing, I, I don't know. I feel like this is good for the finale because there's going to be everybody with this mad rush to come together. There are rogue elements that are still there to, like, really fuck things up, like those jocks. Right. They're loaded yeah. up with weapons, and they yeah. spotted the RV, maybe. They might be following them. I- I'm pretty sure they're going to come in to this Vecna house at the last minute and really just complicate things. You're probably right. That was an interesting twist. The, you know, the traditional Stranger Things kids arming scene, uh, mm-hmm. this time at an Army Navy surplus store. But then the jock shows up and he's got a hand cannon and he's menacing <laughs> Nancy. Yeah. No, there's that. There's, uh, it was a little Lieutenant bit Colonel like Sullivan's a... of the world that's, uh-huh. uh, there's spoilers. Yeah. Uh, it was a little bit of a, a coincidence, uh, not even little. It was a huge coincidence to me that everybody would be there at the same time at the war store because like Robin's crush is there with her boyfriend. Uh, <laughs> you've got the jocks there. You've got our group there. It's like this. I, I, maybe the arcade would have been like a more appropriate well, place for everybody to happen to be there. But this felt a little did- stretched. <laughs> Yeah, the Army Navy surplus store was blown out like it was a Black Friday and they're an yeah. actually popular store to go to. Uh, it's like everybody I don't knew know, the upside man. down was coming, right? It's Yeah, 
I, I've always liked Army Navy surplus stores. I've been frequenting them in the last year because my son's got way in airsoft and guess where you can get really cheap fucking fatigues and shit. Sure. But I've never gone there and there's been more than like two other customers. I like beautiful Saturdays and stuff. So it's like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I thought that was like, <laughs> they, they, especially since they established it, like Hawkins is a rural town. <laughs> right. And this is like the next rural town over where even the Hawking people's like, man, there's some fucking weird rednecks over there. So I thought that was some comedy. Yeah, for sure. And it's like a mega store, too. Right. It's not even like most of the surplus stores I've been to are kind of holes in the wall. Uh, Maybe that's not true of all of them. But this was like there's some nice ones. Branding campaign. It was it was a good 10,000 square feet. It was huge. And it's the other thing that's, I mean, it's uncommon from my experience. I don't know what things look like on the West Coast, but like I've never seen an Army Navy surplus store that actually sells live ammunition and weapons. Right. Yeah. Like that seems like they are conflating the good old fashioned gun store, which God knows there's a shit ton. In fact, this one looked mm-hmm. so much like Bradis Guns, which is like the, the kind of the biggest one of these in Indiana that yeah. I almost thought it was an intentional homage. But they, they take like that and then the Army Navy surplus store and like welded them together. Maybe those do exist. Yeah. I feel like that's a trope in like Commando. We just watch Commando and like, yeah, you know, you go to. But you literally can't buy like bazookas and grenades and even really clips and ammo at these places or magazines. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I just haven't been to an Army Navy surplus store like this. Could be. They do exist. But uh, maybe that's the thing. If you if you ever do, do sell weapons, that's that's what brings the crowds out. That's what gets uh-huh. you Memorial Day shopping crowds. Twenty four seven, three sixty five. They were doing some kind of uh, wardrobe homage here with uh, Robin's crushes wardrobe. She's got this hat and this sweater that I feel was taken straight off of Molly Ringwald in one of her movies. It, it might have been. There might be a more specific reference that I don't get, but. Yeah, that that outfit was super 80s. You know, a lot of people pointed out and I didn't see it through the first run because we you know weren't considering feedback. Uh, but a lot of people pointed out since then that Eddie is uh, an 80s Robert Downey Jr. homage. Oh, hmm. And okay. ever since someone pointed it out, I cannot fucking not see it. Like when mm-hmm. he was uh, having that weird bonding session with Destin or Dustin, I was like, oh, wow. Yeah, that's this is RDJ Jr. I like uh, that. A couple of the sweet moments in this episode I really liked. You know, him and Dustin uh, just horsing around and it, him telling Dustin never change was great. Uh, I thought the moment with Lucas and Max was great where he's like, you know, was this happiest moment of your life? Did it involve me? Was I there? She's like, it might have, you know. Yeah. That's awful presumptuous yeah. of you, but it might have. The, the ice cute. is starting to thaw because, you know, she was yeah. so closed down and reserved at the beginning of the season. Right. It's nice. And that's, that's the nice about these expanded run times is they do give time to have these meaningful character moments, which I mean, it seems pretty clear. We speculated this uh, on the last half season. Some of these kids, at least one is going to die. I mean, the episode itself so. is taught like Robin is saying, we're not we're not going to make it off so lucky this time. Yeah. And it makes me think, that, are they going to kill Robin? Oh, man. Robin and Steve are so cute together. I know. I don't know, man. I, 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 there's not a kid we could lose, and I'd be like, yeah, that's fine. Right. Oh, we talked about that. But the, yeah. I feel like the Robin and Steve in particular 
feel like they have big targets painted on their back. Mm-hmm. I think you're right. Um, of course, you can't also discount Max. Like she is the one they are using her for bait to lure out Vecna, and uh, if something goes wrong, uh, he's going to kill her. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm I'm fairly worried about everyone except for like maybe Lucas and Dustin. I think they're the safest. Yeah. Um, Mike, yeah, we'll I, honestly, they could kill Mike. I wouldn't care. I could definitely see uh, Eddie getting taken out. By Eddie would be an interesting one too. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't even consider him part of the kids because he just joined right. up this this season. But yeah, no, they could they, they could definitely take him out as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see. Um, what are the Ruskies <laughs> doing with vivisected demogorgons? tubes independence day style tubes full of aliens and what i can only describe as a smoke monster imprisoned in a large tank i mean they're trying to weaponize the upside down right it's got to be are they just studying like have we ever seen that kind of smoke monster before i is is that kind of how the mind flayer manifests sometimes yeah i feel like there might have been something with that last season um but I couldn't, I couldn't put my finger on it either. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, it, of course they're experimenting, but in my mind, it's with an eye to weaponizing the upside down and its creatures. Yeah. Um, I want to collect apologies and internet points because first of all, I've been saying this clock means something this whole goddamn season. I didn't know what it means. Mm-hmm. Something Four gongs, four deaths. Boom. Four. Also gates, four chance. Yeah. Everybody's saying, Aaron, the timelines don't line up. Elle couldn't have opened the portal when she killed bull fucking shit. I don't get take your wiki (laughs) timelines and shove them up your ass because it's canon official. Dr. Britter himself. Yeah. She ripped open the portal that day when she killed one. Boom. Boom. I use my eyeballs and my ear holes to make correct conclusions (laughs) to win against the Internet orthodoxy. And I came out on top. So yeah, yeah I'll take I'll take my it. internet points for that. You rarely, rarely see, see it. it. Yeah, and you it's, rarely it's see a pleasure it. to watch. It's a pleasure to 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 be here to witness defeating <laughs> the internet. I will say that. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> um, but no, uh, what do we like? Like I said, I it's it's a weird one of those things where it's like that's not new information to me because that's what I thought was happening, and then people talked me out mm-hmm. of it. Um, but now I think yeah, I think that the, the I mean obviously she didn't escape then because that's when. Uh, Brenner started, you know, torturing kids to electric Bukaloo, uh, mm-hmm. knowing that he's got something there with Elm. It also explain, you know, there's something that a lot of think people surmised about um, that event also kind of like blew her mind literally and it caused her regression. Um, yeah. And, and all that stuff was pretty down, cool. Uh, quite a bit. Like, yeah. Knocked her down I, a couple levels. If that means that the entire time that we've been watching Elle, we've been seeing a powered down version of her or if she has slowly regained all of her powers of the last four seasons. I think she's somewhere like, like last season when she closed the gate, she's probably somewhere in between her most powerful, like when she was a six or seven year old and her depowered state, just escaping the lab. But um, let me ask you this. Was her demonstration fully uncorked when she lifted that 10,000 pound experiment or whatever, as Owen says, did that impress you? Did that impress you as much as like seeing her no. tear into a Demogorgon or fight off no. the Mind Flayer? Flip off a, a, a truck that's coming at her 45 miles an hour. Yeah. Right. 
In fact, if they, until the guy said, oh, it's a 10,000 pound tank, I'm like, what the? F- that, yeah, this is. <laughs> yeah. yeah, same here. I was not super impressed by that. I wish they had had a better it's demonstration just more, of her new powers. It's just more that she's back. Like, this isn't yeah. like her barely able to subdue two or three guards. This isn't her like shorting out power. Like, this is a true demonstration of raw power. Lifting five, six tons ain't nothing, you know? Oh, totally. Uh, to me, honestly, when she took down the helicopter, that was more of a demonstration of her enhanced power. Oh, yeah. Because she did it with the inhibitor collar still on and still right. active. So, yeah, I, I feel like she is powered up at this point beyond. Is that an inhibitor collar? Or is that just a pain collar? Oh, is it? Is it meant to shock? Because he said something. I think the... so. Because when he puts it on, he goes, "I know. I never intend to activate this." So, like, I I thought that that was some oh. kind of pain compliance thing, rather than like a you know magneto helmet style inhibitor. Well, never mind. But I could be wrong. I don't know what power level she is now. <laughs> Let me check the Stranger Things wiki. I'm sure they have the no, answer. No, don't bother. <laughs> they don't know anything over there. <laughs> I'm roasting the shit out of like two or three people. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I just like you just you, you, if you were on the couch at 930 a.m. The 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 speed at which I took to my feet and said, aha, was impressive. Yeah. Uh, uh, it, it, there's a lot of questions go- around the, the Brenner L stuff because I, 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 I Brenner's a shit, right? He's always been kind of a shit. Um I, every time that L goes oh, at him God. and says like, "Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna blow this, the doors off this place, and if you try and stop me, I'm gonna kill you," I'm just like, "Just kill him and then blow the doors off." He doesn't, he doesn't deserve to live. I want to see him die. I, I think I saw him die in this episode, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. Is Brenner dead? Man, he like, has like a fifty time? caliber hole blown right through his chest. I was impressed uh-huh. he lived as long as he did <laughs> too. Uh, yeah, which to have a tearful goodbye. But yeah, I mean. I never I, some people were kind of like, oh, maybe Brenner from a certain point of view is a good guy. Now he's a he's a complete fucking shit. Yeah, he is a liar and a narcissist and a sociopath. And I'm glad he's dead. I'm glad Owens, the true the true daddy at the Hawkins mm-hmm. lab is taken back over. Yeah, I do wonder, you know, would would L have would L be as powerful as she is without Brenner's meddling? But the other flip side of that is would she need to be? You know, because he's he's destroying children and ripping holes right in uh, the universe. And yeah, well, now we need a superhero because he fucked things up so bad, Brenner. Right. It's like that's the it's probably true that Elle is stronger than if he hadn't broken and rebuilt her so many times. But as Mm -hmm. Elle points it out, it's also true that everything that they need her to save from the world ending apocalypse is a direct result of Brenner doing that shit. Right. So I congratulate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the directly answer your question about him being dead. If he comes back to life, I'll be very disappointed because this is his death is more about L's arc of like no longer, you know, being conflicted in how she feels and having this kind of quote unquote daddy issue about it. Like she let go of him and left him behind appropriately mm-hmm. before he died. I thought it's symbolic of her like turning her back, turning the corner you know, like a, a new era of like strength, resilience and self-confidence that if they bring her him back to like, I don't know, reignite all that stuff like that'll be going backwards. So I'd be going reverse at 45 miles an hour. So yeah, I think yeah. he's I think he's dead, dead. And like even it was played as like uh, 
you know, him trying to grasp something that's forever out of his reach as he dies. Like the kids are driving off and this is the only closest thing he had to a daughter and all. And he's in, and and his arc is over too. like, he died. He dies a lonely old man, unfulfilled, unremarked, considered a traitor by his own country. And I, like I said, if they, if they resurrect him, that'll fuck all that up in a way that it didn't when they resurrected him the first time. Cause that was still all unfinished business. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Because uh, he's looking for forgiveness here from Elle, and I, I definitely don't think he gets it. Like th- it's unspoken here, but I, I think her dropping his hand is saying, "Nah, you're not getting it." So, um, I want to talk about Steve. Steve looks really good with cut off sleeves and his guns out. And when he was roaring at everybody to like find something to hang on to uh, in the RV as he's taken off, I thought suddenly it's like. He would be a not bad Harrison Ford replacement if you wanted to make some younger oh. Indiana Jones stuff. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I Ansel Elgort, like, I, I thought he's a really good one, but I think he's got some problems uh, plaguing him at this point. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, Joe Career, he seems like a cool dude. And uh, I wouldn't have thought it. But yeah, like, the like the way he's kind of bit filled out and bulked up this season, um, and that, like... Uh, I, I for whatever reason I just watched um uh <laughs> I watched um oh god damn it Last Crusade and Crystal Skull this <laughs> okay. week. Interesting. And Harrison combo. Ford does a lot of like where he's just kind of like out of control and bellowing at people and just like making things work. I'm like, holy shit, that's huge Steve energy. And I think he would. I would I would like to see some again, not young Indiana Jones, but like Harrison Ford golden era Indiana Jones with Steve. Why not? Yeah. Or I guess Joe. Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, I love that scene where they steal the RV. They're, they're stealing these people's house. So funny. And their car at the same time. Uh, you've got the Mike Myers mask, which like starts all of that off. Oh, my God. <laughs> when, when he comes out, out and Mike. Like, yes. Oh, it's so funny. It's so funny. The Duffer yeah. Brothers are still pretty good at what they do, even though I think they're mm-hmm. getting it's a little bit of Steve, like uh, they're, they're idle Stephen King. They, he's infected them with uh, someone needs to edit their scripts and kind of cut it back. But uh, they still have that gut, you know, uh, an eye for like the quick joke. And yeah, um, that was yeah, that was hilarious. Um, do you think uh, what Nancy's totally smitten with Steve at this point that like uh-huh. five or six kids speech like sealed the deal. Um, mm-hmm. If and, and, ah, it makes me think there's no way both of them survive. I don't know. It's a more or less likely for them to live now that there's a romantic connection there. Here are the highlights coming up this week on bald move. The first of the summer shows to hit our calendar begins next week. So it's time for us to talk about the boys. Join us for the Season 4 Preview Podcast this Thursday to see if the boys can continue to delight and disgust. This is normally where we tell you about what's going on with the latest Prestige podcast. Unfortunately, due to the very hectic nature of our summer lineup, we decided to move Prestige to an every-other-week release schedule. That means no Prestige podcast this week. We'll be back with more Prestige covered soon. Don't forget about the bear. You can find these and many other great podcasts by searching for Bald Move Pulp or Bald Move Prestige in your favorite podcast app. We're just under a month to go until Badass Fest 6. 
Each year, we take the blockbuster month of July to celebrate the 80s and 90s action stars we grew up with. Big guns, big muscles, bigger explosions. If it's dumb, fun, and kicking ass, we love it. This year, we're inviting you to our hometown to watch a secret badass film with us. Afterwards, we'll record the podcast. Get your tickets and full event info at baldmove.com slash live. No hints about the movie, except we're pretty sure most of you haven't seen it, and it's going to be a real crowd pleaser. Our neighborhood theater features a full bar, all your favorite snacks, and we'll be providing some custom movie-themed cocktails. It's happening Friday, June 21st at 7 p.m. right here in the Queen City, Cincinnati. Get full details and tickets now at baldmove.com live. And hey, if you'll be in town on Saturday and have an appetite for outdoor adventure, join Aaron on an optional side quest as he guides a group of intrepid bald move kayakers down our national scenic river, the Little Miami. Once again, get full details on all main and side quests and get your tickets now on our Badass Fest 6 page at baldmove.com slash live. I want to see what happens when Jonathan gets back. I, I, like, I, I reserve judgment until then. And I know it's going to be the end of the season by then. <laughs> and, and all that business will probably be resolved. Um, I don't think that's that's going to head into season five uh, without comment. So, I, I don't know. I, well, I really I hope want it doesn't, to know what Jonathan thinks. I hope it doesn't come down to a sleeveless vest and hair contest because Jonathan no. just shouldn't even show up to that competition. <laughs> no. Holy shit. <laughs> no, I, the the volume. He can't. He can't out volume. Steve, are you kidding me? Yeah. Um, I wonder how, because it's very much up in the air how Hopper and uh, Joyce are going to get back to the states. Like clearly, mm-hmm. this helicopter is not going to work. Owens is otherwise disposed, and as trying to ra- arrange travel for himself. I wonder if that's the whole gag. Is like that he Owens is starting to make this like desperate overland transport and they're just going to like join up with it you know it's like instead of taking l and everybody's going to take uh hopper and uh, joyce from from russia not Ru- no they'll have to get to america but like oh, from okay. there it'll okay. be they'll they'll have the the highway to hawkins already built you know gotcha yeah it could be but yeah i don't know how they're going to pull strings to get him out of uh out of russia with the kgb watching that's gonna man it's, it feels like the believe believable that's gonna take up a lot of finale time like a half hour 45 minutes i know dude There's but they still, still got two like hours so. <laughs> right right <laughs> that's the, not even half of the thing uh it, one one of the moments we didn't talk about that is mm-hmm. that i want to ask you about because you've got theories about will and will's mm. sexuality what's going mm-hmm. on with will in the rv he's getting very emotional over mike and l and I'm not sure if this is like a friends forever kind of thing or if this is a Mike and Will need to get together kind of thing. I it felt to me not growing up in Indiana as a young gay man, but it felt to me like this was Will trying to put a brave face on what he is now seeing as the inevitable. Like yeah. Mike has come out uh, to California or clearly is not coming out as gay uh-huh. clearly still smitten with L 
and him trying to, um, you know, and, 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 and I'm not saying trying like in like a, he's trying to do something. He's trying to pull something. He, he's trying to shore up and save the friendship and reinforce that because he mm-hmm. doesn't like, you know, like uh, if he if he if he if he had some kind of romantic hopes for Mike, uh, I don't think he wants to lose the friendship over that uh, by any means. That's how I read it. But yeah, I don't what know. It's interesting with, with the, the heart painted on Mike shield uh, in his drawing. I'm like, is that? what he says it is or is this more than that that's what i'm saying he's putting a brave face i think he painted it as kind of like a trip but it's i don't know it's like if you're paint but again it's like i don't know how a young gay guy would think in in indiana because like you put the heart on there because you're sweet on him but you put all the other bros in there because because there's plausible deniability (laughs) right here's the thing i can't tell are they doing a great job of writing the line here um, and let, letting us guess and think about it or are they doing a terrible job of telling us that Will is gay and wants Mike it's really hard saying because again I, I keep on going back to the fact that this is set in 1980s Indiana right and but so I, I want to say well that's you know Mike or Will would probably be very cautious and circumspect and maybe even confused and and uh, not sure about how he should go but on the other hand Hawkins is also so absurdly progressive in terms of it's like racial makeup and like just general kind of views of the boys and all that and how they talk and interface that like from 1980 standpoint that like maybe that that would mean that they should do a little bit better of a job of like not having will be that conflicted and scared about it so it's like if you're living in the fictitious hawkins indiana that's that's secretly 2022 politically then he should probably you know tell mike how he feels if he's living in the actual 1985 hawkins uh indiana timeline then yeah i don't know i don't know if any of that's helpful yeah and then i I guess it's complicated with robin too right because they're not being coy with that at all they're just like yeah, Robin's gay and she's got right. crushes on girls. But why would they do this with Will then? But but she is being pretty circumspect about that because like they talked about in last se- you know last half season, uh, it's it's kind of scary if you're a gay person uh, totally. that you 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 picked the wrong crush to come out to and suddenly it's a big fucking problem. So like that kind of points me to where yeah it's still pretty progressive. Um, the other uh, interesting thing about this is like Will has recently moved to California. Which even in the mid '80s was, you know, known to be a lot more progressive about these issues. So I wonder if he's just been exposed, like for the first time, he's been exposed to people who are like openly gay and like seeing that as an option. And that's why Maybe. the energy has changed it. between him and Mike. That's like, oh god, I didn't even know this was possible. So I don't, that's could be. It is. And he's getting older, I, right? Exploring his own sexuality, he's getting older. More, thinking about it, yeah, having feelings that he probably wouldn't have had in the season one, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm uh, I don't know, but it doesn't seem like uh, it's, it's, there's going to be like a Mike will relationship beyond what they so. have for him because I just it doesn't seem like Mike is. Uh, but who knows? Maybe he'll turn out to be by. They'll have who a knows? polycule, a stable polycule of L, Mike and will. There you go. A bisexual polycule. Talk about progressive in the 80s. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not a kid show. Right. Uh yeah, I don't know. Like I said, they're. I mean, that's the thing is, like, I I always said, well, they're they're pretty young to be talking about. Like, ah, they'll be start. They'll start to have sex here pretty soon. Some of them, some of the kids their age probably already have, right? Uh, I want to see them take L to Vegas. 
Do you think that's how the season should end? That they all go to Vegas and she's mind reading cards and it would be a hell of a post credit scene, right? It would be a hell of a post credit scene. Yeah, that would be. I, I don't know if you actually go there and do that, but uh, <laughs> I think it'd be fun. But what does this show look like if all the kids are filthy rich? Mm. Silver spoons with Ricky Schroeder. Um, I like the the the, the classic uh, Stranger Things kids manufacturing weapon scene where they're making uh-huh. spike shields and tying down shields or uh, spears and you know Nancy's actually got real weapons and uh, Steve is making Molotov cocktails with Robin. Uh, I I like it. I like it, but it's it's also got this tinge of maybe some of the kids aren't going to make it back this time because Robin's openly talking about it. Yeah, let me ask you this. So so. Vecna's plan is to rip Hawkins a new one, a gigantic new one, right? Yeah. To the upside down, uh, mm-hmm. essentially turning Hawkins into a portal. A massive portal, yeah. Yeah. So, we got another season coming of this show. This has not been announced as the last one, right? In fact, I think they've announced that this isn't the last one. Yes. Um. Is there any chance that the the omen, the, the the bad portent that Robin's feeling is them like kind of losing the battle this season and Hawkins opening up into this giant vortex of upside down uh, and with and all the kids survive. But I thought about this season five because it season five, man, it how do you do five seasons in a row where every time the threat is we finished the threat off? oops, the threat is back without that feeling like another rehash. I've thought about this because you're right. There is the like, oh, L's going to, you know, grunt and scream at a, at a, at a green screen until it closes. Right. Ooh, won't that be exciting? But also like, so let's say that uh, he blows Hawkins uh, and it's just a giant hell gate and it's essentially doomed to hell on earth. Mm-hmm. What the fuck are these children going to do? You know, Fair. like if it gets like like if the thing blow so, you, you know, like like what what does that even look like? Like there's these demogorgons just spewing yeah. all the way across the United States and probably Russia too, and like it's like I, maybe L just like completely levels up. Um, I don't know. Like, could you get a redeemed Vecna? Could you like talk talk mm. him back into being a good guy and for because like yeah, if, if every time they increase the stakes, and that's the thing that's they've done the smartest in the show is like most of the stakes are bad, but it's like containable. There's only one portal, uh-huh. and if you can shut that down, no matter how powerful the mind flayer is, he can't get to us. And that's one of the charms of the show, but it's a crutch that they lean on. If they change that dynamics, I don't, I don't, I don't know because then it's because like, well, can a can a kid full of, can a Winnebago full of kids, a kid full of Winnebagos, can a Winnebago full of kids stop? like a truly worldwide catastrophe like that. I don't know, but that's, yeah, I mean, that's the then, other then problem you, they'd have with that. And then you have to wonder, like, can they go to the source and do it? Right. Well, kind of like what they're trying to do now. Um, they're going into the upside down to fight the upside down. Um, so, so if Hawkins does rip open as this giant portal, you could just have them go into the upside down to cut away the heart of it. And maybe that yeah, would fix the problem. You right? do the, you do the, uh, you know, battle droids you, you, you shut down the receivership and then, then they all exactly and then and that's i guess that's uh, if you're looking for moving pieces the what that what the russians have in that tank um maybe it is the source and if you destroy that it shuts everything down 
But I mean, like, as you can see, it's like they're look. What what we're seeing is a sea of tropes that they could choose from to resolve. And are they going to just do that or are they going to do something kind of truly mind bending? I I hope they I hope they pull something really, really awesome out. But I don't know. I I guess my money is on L screaming at another portal. (laughs) Yeah. And they've gotten by on tropes thus far. So, yeah, they might dig back into that. Well, we'll see. What do you think of the general action scenes? General action scenes. Um, like the, like, like the, the shooting. The, I, I thought that when the, the base game stormed in particular name, soldiers. Yeah. Are storming uh, this underground base, this missile silo. I thought the action there was really cool with the, the soldiers, you know, carrying shields and, and raising mm-hmm. and lowering them in time for mm-hmm. the other guys to shoot the MPs over there. Yeah. I thought that was cool. I always wonder when you see guys the because there's this one scene where the shield guys are advancing down a corridor and they're they're taking fire from the guys and it's just but like their head and feet are exposed. Everyone's just shooting dead center on that shield. Right. Right. Go go for the feet, man. Go for the feet. Maybe the head. The head's a little small for time. But yeah, just start start spraying at their feet. See what happens. Uh huh. No, those MPs should have been able to easily fortify and defend that position. But it also makes me wonder like who the hell are these soldiers that you got us soldiers fighting us soldiers. Yeah. Like are they mer- like are Brenner's guys more mercenary? Cause like obviously the, the colonels are, those are active duty, but like, I thought that was a mm-hmm. little weird that people are doing that and not even blinking an eye. <laughs> Maybe Brenner took just some dudes over to the army surplus store, the war store and loaded <laughs> up. Maybe that was like, they were there five minutes before yeah. everybody else showed up. These these were members of the 1970s Hawkins basketball team that he radicalized uh-huh. into. <laughs> His Hawkins personal just keeps bo- losing honor basketball guard. teams, man. Yeah, by, by the bushel. The Every decade, the, the Pied Piper comes and plays a tune on his uh, flute. Ah, a tune on his flute. Uh-huh. Um, I want to talk about the ending of this episode before we forget to. When that journey separate ways, badass yes. military remix kicks in. I was like, if I, if I was like on the fence about being up for the finale that I got off the fence because that was fucking badass. I loved how like the magic hour sun filtering through the Winnebago cast like this dull red glow on all the kids mm-hmm. faces. Very like, you know, military going to war vibes, like end of apocalypse. Uh, no full metal jacket kind of vibes. Yes. I thought that was just badass. Yeah. Th- this felt like uh a landing boat on D-Day or something, right? This this was like... 100%. Yeah, yeah. I've seen shots like this, not in Winnebago, in other, in other <laughs> yeah. movies, uh, and they're great. And this song is just so good. I mean, Journey, what what a kick-ass band. Uh, and for this mm. time period, it's perfect. It's so good. Uh, I didn't look to see if this was... Uh, what was it... it it was some Def Leppard because that was the other really funny thing we hadn't talked about at the very beginning when they're trying to frantic to save Nancy. Thank God the Vectors let her go. Uh, they're going through Eddie's music collection. It's oh, just a yeah, bunch yeah. of like metal and they're like, we need music. And he's screaming like, this is music. He held up. I think he held up a Def Leppard. I, I thought it was Iron Maiden. Oh, was it? Okay. That makes a lot more sense because like Def Leppard seems a little too soft for him. Sure. Yeah. He's an Iron Maiden guy for sure. Megadeth. Okay. I wasn't. Yeah, yeah. Metallica. Well, is Megadeth even around then? Yeah. I think yeah, Dave Megadeth's Mustang around. is still hanging out with Metallica at this era. Yeah, they're all around, right? They're all around. I, is I this thought 86? I, Am I... Eight, 
is it um mega death because that was formed by the lead uh, uh guitarist for metallica taken off right no in 1983 is when they founded yeah so no, my shut my face in the, the mid 80s Oh, well, should have let me know you had that card up your sleeve before you played it. God, I would have I would have backed <laughs> on down. Uh, I don't know what more I have to talk about. Yeah, not much. I'm super excited to see this finale and we're about to go watch it in the recorder of the podcast. So, yeah, that's exactly what we're it. doing. Uh, if you'd like to send us feedback about any of these thoughts, uh, do so at strangerthingsatbaldmove.com. We will be considering a wrap-up, season wrap-up, the following week. Um, so, yeah. Uh, strangerthingsatbaldmove.com. Let us know who you think is going to live, who's going to die. Of course, I guess it'd be cheating. You'll already know the answer. But your thoughts. Yeah. Your thoughts on the season as a whole. What do you, I, I'm really curious about... Because I, I noticed I haven't read any of his reviews and so anyone gets spoiled, but like Alan Seppenwall, who, again, is my favorite, is really huffing and puffing about the, the links of these episodes, keeping them from fundamentally working as thrillers. Mm-hmm. I didn't think that I didn't see that in this episode. But again, I haven't seen the finale. So I was really curious to see what people think about these extended run times um, going down to the final stretch. So let us know. Stranger Things move.com And we'll see you back here in a little bit with the finale. Until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. See ya.